0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's the show that really enjoyed seeing Ronaldo cry this week. Did you see him? It was as if he'd suddenly realised he'd accidentally boarded a plane to America. On today's pod, we'll be looking back at the international fortnight, but only a bit. And that's because the Premier League is back, baby. Proper, meaningful football featuring teams of relatively equal ability. Well, unless Norwich are involved. This Sunday, City host Everton, so naturally we'll be concentrating on that. Joining me to discuss all things blues and a little bit more besides our two Friday favourites in the form of
1: Adam and Harry. Hi Adam, you well pal? Yeah, I want to know what you had for your breakfast, that was some intro.
0: <laughs> I read out really quickly.
1: <laughs> Righty, Yeah, good, good mate. Good, Sound, uh, yeah. we're back to real life football this weekend.
0: Uh, exactly, the football that matters and actually uh, means something, yeah. Uh, Harry, are you looking forward to uh, Premier League returning? Yeah, in the international break, I like to sort
2: of indulge in in other sports because just to get my mind off football. So obviously the darts has been massive this week, especially with with how well Sherrick's doing. Mm. Um, And I actually played in a a darts tournament myself last night. We won't speak about the performance, but... (laughs) You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's. I like to get involved in other sports when it's the international break. Just to take my mind off football, especially considering now we've got just four months of, like, relentless slog midweek,
0: weekend, midweek, weekend. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. There's no more international breaks now till March. So pretty much now, as you say, it's just going to be twice weekly where every game feels like a must win. Uh, was it in a, a pub, was it, or...? So I, I do play in a pub league, but
2: it's like a two-week break where there's, like, the, the division has, like, a a pairs tournament so me and my mate did the pairs tournament and we we actually did quite well we we got through to the quarterfinals and we, we knew because when we were practicing right there's there's a place uh, in swinton called swinton pool hall and it's incredible it has like 20 darts boards like a bowls pitch inside there's like 20 snooker tables it's incredible and we were we were warming up and we we're feeling quite good and then two old men just come and set up next to us and they just hit four consecutive 180s and we're Jesus. like oh my god if we play these anyway guess who rocks up playing us in the quarterfinal <laughs> so, oh, so yeah so we, we got beat in a quarterfinal and if you watch darts they, they didn't miss a double and then we watched them in the semi-final and, and they missed 34 darts a double which just kind of summed up our
0: luck on that night right. to be honest yeah, yeah yeah um let's look back on international break um and we'll start with england and we'll start with san marino um adam i would never presume to, to kind of know what you're thinking on the on matter but i could I can take a guess how you feel of the question I'm going to ask here. Should San Marino be in the same qualifying group as England, etc.? cetera?
1: Uh, no. Oh, really? Uh, I was going to go the other no, way. Right? Who, who knew? Um, <laughs> I I just, I can't put myself through it. I was, I was flicking between England and Scotland games and it's, it's painful. It actually made me feel a little bit, sorry for the other team and mm. that, that's not professional mm. sport is it um you as as an Englishman I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a keen follower of England unless it gets to a tournament and then I'm all in but a glory hunter just, yeah, pretty much when it comes when it comes to international football I am fully on the glory hunting bandwagon, but, uh do you know what I was just more concerned about the fact that there were a few city players on the pitch and I just thought yeah, yeah get yeah. off uh because it, it screamed of a game where they'll end up being a stupid injury for no reason luckily there wasn't but it's it's bad isn't it it's it's bad and 10 nil like that wasn't even nearly where you, we could have ended up there yeah um i just i don't really get it i don't really get what the point is because you've got this playoff thing now which is looking pretty tasty with some of the teams that are in it but surely you just you throw all these teams who are literally not professional footballers into the same little pot and see who comes out of it. And then they can play because to have Andorra and San Marino in the same qualifying groups, just ridiculous. I
0: I was going to go along with the the thinking, which I've seen online quite a bit where it's elitist thinking this, you know, it's kind of akin to the super league to kind of say that they shouldn't be allowed. I I don't buy into that. I I don't think they should be allowed. I think there should be a pre-qualifying stage. Yeah, prelim, gotta be. Yeah, so, so you agree then, Harry? No, yeah, completely. I mean there's gotta be some sort of prelim to
2: eliminate this. But I think this this conversation is a bit of a null and void because it comes up every year, doesn't it? Mm. Every time we seem to draw San Marino, it's it needs a reform, it needs a reform, but I think they seem to think that this Nations League is sort of the reform of it because you know, San Marino gets to play teams of a of a similar ilk if there is teams of a similar ilk. Team. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not going to change, is it, anytime soon? They're going to continue to do it, but
0: a simple change, like you said, would just, just add a preliminary round. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least with the Nations League, it does resolve the longstanding problem now, which is basically, how is San Marino going to ever develop if the only international football they play, they're sticking 10 men behind the ball and getting thumped yeah. each time? So, you know, teams don't develop that way, but at least now they are playing teams on the international stage in competitive fixtures against teams of a similar ilk, as you said. But it's he it can't be having England against San Marino. That's just not a fair fight in any way, shape or form. And the one that really stuck out for me was that penalty, which for me shouldn't have been a penalty. I thought it was so harsh. That that defender was appealing for an offside. <laughs> During a phase of play, when the ball was getting <laughs> crossed in, he was appealing for an offside. You don't see that in Sunday League. And yet he's doing that against England in in a qualifying game. So... Yeah, I found it all quite depressing, to be honest.
1: The, do you know what the best bit was? The best bit was the commentary wonder duo of Matterface and Dixon. Yeah. making oh. Making it sound like it was a good result for England. Mm. Like every goal, you're like, oh, and Harry Kane breaks another astonishing record. He's, he's quite literally just scored four goals in 10 minutes against five defenders who've got work in the morning. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't be patronising, but you can't take it the other way. Where it's this is a really good achievement. England not putting ten past San Marino is is a bad thing. So it's a bit rubbish. Um, there were, there was a lot better football going on at the time, but absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I, I did
1: games. I did enjoy him taking Harry Kane off, who was quite visibly pissed off with it.
0: Yeah, he could he could have got eight or nine. That, like to be fair, well, and, I mean yeah. there is there is a positive to be gained from all this. Imagine Matterface doing the Stockport Bolton game the other night. Would have been unbearable.
1: Martin Keown was on it, and that was bad enough.
0: Yeah, oh,
1: Maybe it's Ma- like a
0: morgue. Matt, with his pre-rehearsed lines, desperate for one to hit. Is oh, it's the most annoying aspect of football for me. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned now the other games, and there are some cracking games. And um, did you did either of you take any others in besides kind of own nations?
1: Yeah, Scott. Well, no, well,
0: it we um, includes Scotland, I guess. Yeah. Just
1: the, Scot- the Scotland game. Yeah, they were it, against Denmark. It's probably and I probably watched more of that than I did the England game, and it's probably the best I've ever seen Scotland play.
0: So it was a deserved win?
1: Yeah, comfortably. They they were excellent. The second goal is a, a really superb goal. Mm. Uh, Steve clark has got them playing good football, which is wild. And John McGinn, by the way, is an exceptional footballer. He is, yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a good team. They've got a good system. Che Adams... Really works in that system. I never thought I'd say that on this podcast. Um, really good. Billy Gilmore, though he can't seemingly get a game for Norwich, uh, looks great in a Scotland shirt. They they just re- they were really, really impressive. And now they're seeded and got a home tie in the playoffs, they'll just be hoping to avoid the inevitable. You know what's going to happen with Scotland. They'll get through the set the semi in the playoffs and then they'll get Italy in the final, having been singing Italy's praises for the last six months. Um, and then they'll get a taste of our medicine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing with McGinn, what strikes me is a lot of people are saying that Villa is struggling this season because they've sold Grealish in the summer. Absolutely bang on. But it's also what they miss out with Grealish playing with McGinn, because the two of them were just brilliant together. The understanding those two had with each other was yeah. was superb. Um of course my highlight, an obvious one, Wales. Um we, we've yeah. finally got there and, and it's well, we haven't got there to the World Cup yet, but we've done as much as we can until March. Uh Harry, any kind of highlights for you across the International Fortnite?
2: I was, I was just going to ask did did
0: Wales secure
2: that with Nations League or was it last night or was, it,
0: was yeah. it a bit of both we'd already secured a playoff spot in the Nations League but by finishing second we've got a home leg and we're seeded um, so we've got awesome. an, an easier tie basically um, yeah. but but then you look at the the others and there's really not much in it I mean the mm. only one you'd want to play is North Macedonia and they did really well last summer didn't they yeah. in Euros. So so there, there isn't anyone in it you think oh I really fancy us against them so it's just more avoiding the real big guns, um, which we've done so, and, and you know, put, give give ourselves every chance. Um, but we, we'll fuck it up. We always fuck it up. Mm-hmm. No, but you, you're
2: showing that you can mix it with Belgium. So I suppose it sort of yes. gives you a lot of
0: confidence. Yeah, but I'd I go back to 1993 came to Romania um, and just that it was. I was a City fan experiencing that for my international country. That isn't fair. (laughs) You know what I mean? In the 90s, it's not fair what I had to go through being a City fan and Welsh. (laughs) I mean, it's like a double barreled of heartbreak. Um, Okay, well, let's kind of look at things from a City perspective, which is far more positive. Um, We kind of emerged relatively unscathed. Uh, Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish struggled with injuries across the international break. They may feature, I'll come to you in a second on that, Harry. But first, Adam, kind of Martinez playing, Kevin De Bruyne, 19 minutes against Wales in a game that nothing was resting on it for Belgium. He does this a lot, doesn't he, Martinez? He takes a piss.
1: Yeah. um, Hopefully he wasn't... I know that he said he's been playing through pain all season Mm. and, and it almost has told uh, from the very limited highlights, you'll know more on this Steve, But he looked all right yeah, against, he was, against yeah. Wales. He scored that goal. He's, he looked like he had a bit of fire about him as well. Getting booed and getting jeered, and then putting it away from <laughs> twenty yards. Um, and do you know what? I'm I'm kind of in a weird weird place with De Bruyne at the moment, where I don't know if he needs four weeks off or he needs to play every game for the next four weeks. I can't. Mm. I really can't wrap my head around it. If he if he feels fit enough to play and he's not struggling with anything, then I think he just needs to play because he he's not been great this season, has he? So, yeah, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Martinez has done it. We Well, we all know what happened mm. uh, in the summer where he was playing with that stupid injury. Um, and to, to be honest, whether he should have been playing in the Euros after that head injury anyway, who knows? But, um, yeah, strange one with De Bruyne. I just hope that he's not burnt out but I don't know. I don't know what you two think. It's it's baffling me with him. Does he need to play every game? Do do we just have to give him some time off? Mm. I mean, don't know. He just wants to play football. That's the other problem. Well, I was it's about to say that. To
0: yeah, the, the biggest problem with Kev De Bruyne is he really wants to play. So we can't mm. gauge it on the player. There'll be other players who would say, you know what, you know, uh, Pep, I think I need to kind of just miss out on a couple of weeks here and, and then I'll be, I'll be grand. Kev's not the type to do that. So... He might well play through pain he has done it in the past couple of months to his own detriment, um, so he needs to be protected against himself as much as anything. Um, Yeah, where do you land on that, Harry? And also, what do you know about Bernardo and Grealish, etc., with this weekend coming? Um, on, on De Bruyne, I'd just say, probably trust his judgment.
2: He probably knows himself more than anyone, and I know football is a... Stupid sometimes wanting to play when they're going through injuries, and he's admitted himself that he did that with Belgium. But I suppose he's learnt now that he can't no, do that. I hope so. I hope. So. I hope yeah. he's he's an intelligent lad, and and he has learnt the hard way. So I assume that he he knows his own body, and he knows what he needs, and if we can get the Bruyne back to the levels that he can reach, and he believes that's by playing two times a week, then then yeah, let's play him. Let's play him twice a week. Um, but that has got to be sort of mitigated by what the medical staff are saying. If there is a risk of him. Being out long term, you know, he, he obviously can't do that. Um, in terms of the other players, uh, it was the there was Grealish, Palmer, and Bernardo Silva, wasn't there? Um, one player, I, I was, I was going to say this in the sort of team news. They normally plastered Jack Grealish all over the training photos, uh, and there's absolutely none of him this week. So probably suggests that he's not been back in training yet. Uh, Bernardo and Palmer have, so they look like okay but, right okay well um, I didn't know about that
0: about Palmer that's really good news
2: I'm a bit I'm a bit slightly worried about about Bernardo with his muscle fatigue Um yeah. and he, he said didn't he after the game the other day that he played 60 minutes and he didn't feel right Um and obviously that can lead to some quite long term if it's not managed properly uh, but if sort of, he feels that he's ready and he is training with the team it looks like so It depends what Pep sees as the more important game. Is Paris in midweek securing sort of quality? Because I think if we win, we go through and are top of the group, aren't we? Because we'd be four points ahead of Paris. Um, Or this weekend, sort of getting back to the Premier League and starting with a sort of important win against Everton, which one he sees as priorities, I assume the one that Bernardo's going to play in. But that's one thing I'm sort of slightly concerned about because fatigue is a bit of a, a dodgy one to get over.
0: Yeah, if if he goes Paris rather than Everton, you know the obvious thing is there's an extra few days of kind of relative rest for Bernardo. And yeah, I personally hope he doesn't play against Everton and he's spared for kind of Paris. And then what? How do you think Pep will land on that kind of Bernardo and, and and Grealish too? Although it's it does seem like Grealish won't be fit.
1: No, I, I think I agree with Harry on the Bernardo thing, um, but I would trust Pep to to get it right. Yeah, uh, I don't think and there's probably countless examples now to prove me wrong I don't think he's got too much wrong by way of risking players in his entire tenure really um, he seems to manage their bodies quite well uh, so I don't know I, I wonder if I wonder if Bernardo is needed on Sunday I suppose it depends how Everton are going to set up in midfield but I think we could potentially get away with a midfield of Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne, if we really needed to. Um, but the, the PSG, uh, for me, there's no debate that the Sunday's game is much more important than midweek just because been away for a bit. We need three points because look who else is around us and teams start playing each other again next weekend. Liverpool have got Arsenal this weekend, which is tricky. Um, next weekend I think Chelsea have got United. So there's, there's fixtures coming up that we can probably take advantage of. With Bernardo, we've seen how good he's been this season because he's he's been so fit and so on on his game. I wouldn't really want to see a 70% fit Bernardo at this point, especially with as Harry said before, that we've got four months now of pure Premier League fixtures. We've got a really take care of players like him, especially the season he's having. So I I don't expect they'd start on Sunday, but I'm often wrong. So who knows? I don't think Grealish will play in either game unless he's fit for Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I I certainly can't see him featuring against Everton. Um, Two players who certainly won't be featuring are Laporte and Torres. Um, Good news this week on Torres, though, kind of returning Mm. um, to England and and resuming training. Um, With Laporte out, It's got to be Stones and Diaz, surely Harry. And in that regard, hopefully they can pick up where they left off last season.
2: Yeah, I've been quite vocal in the past that Diaz and my Stones are my sort of preferred centre-half pairing. Yeah. I don't know if it's purely through my love of John Stones or just the sort of performances have been infinitely better, I think, with with Stones in that back line. Him and Diaz have that sort of uh, relationship. And I, I understand why Laporte's place on that, Left-footed centre back is is very important for his his switch of play, his ability on the ball uh, to switch the play over to, to sort of Jesus on that right. But I just I don't know I don't know about you guys. I always feel more secure with Stones and uh, in the back. I didn't I didn't watch San Marino, uh, but I, I watched the, the the other game for England where Stones was the centre of the the back five, and he's just so secure. He's just I I know he's not against you know. Big opposition, but he just looks so commanding, and you never think he's going to lose the ball. He's always an option. His passes are always perfect. He's just his development as a footballer over the last eighteen months, from from where he was to where he is now, is is incredible. Um, and you know, he's a player who who's not moaned uh, at the start of the season when he's not been playing, considering how good he was in the Euros and how good he was for City last season. And he got his chance last weekend and he took it. So them two should be the sort of centre-back pairing for, from now on, I think, until until one of them gives a reason to come back into the team.
1: It's great, though, isn't it, that we've got three centre-halves at the moment who you could rotate any of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, I'd still feel pretty safe. Um, and it it's really funny, I think, with Stones and Laporte, they're just kind of waiting for the other one to slip up yeah. to get the place back. And then they keep the place for a while, like Laporte did, and then he gets sent off and he he loses his place. And now if Stones comes in... He could get a, a really long run at it. So it's it's good. I think it's really healthy to have that competition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. we are right back as well with Walker and Concello. and yeah. um, you know, right. that's kind of three three quarters of our back line where you just feel secure, you've got the backup um in place. So that's that's fantastic. Um less so at Everton, I mean that's pretty much our biggest problem, the kind of lack of, of strength and depth. Um but there has they have got problems elsewhere as well. Um, Adam, what have you made of Everton this season?
1: Up and down. Um, They're they're a weird team. I I don't really know what they want, which sounds weird, Um, but they seem to just try and be really solid. They are obviously really, really missing Calvert-Lewin. I'm not going to say that Rondon wasn't a great signing because he'll only end up scoring the winner on... Sunday. Oh,
0: I know. Yeah. I know. But, <laughs> but, but, but he is shite.
1: <laughs> if, if we're honest, like the downgrade from Calvert-Lewin to Rondon is significant. Yes, yeah. And Safe. Decore had a great start to the season. He looked really, really, really good. Um, back to kind of the form that he was in when he was at Watford. I just think it's a little bit like insipid at times. thought Damari Gray was a great sign-in. Townsend has done all right but like you bring your wobie into the fold and I'm like what do you want like do they, do they have the ambition to go and get top 7 don't think so um it seems like another season where they're just trying to keep their heads above 10th place and yes it's a bit weird but I don't I don't often enjoy playing Everton I find it it's always a little bit of a slog and a little bit of a war I know the game at the end of last season was was a, an absolute annihilation, but that was a very different yeah. series yeah. of events. This will be, they'll come to not lose. They'll probably try and set up like Crystal Palace did and like Southampton did. They'll try and frustrate us, but I always think in a game like this, if we can just score early enough, um, we should be all right. But the fact that Delph came back into the team, and God bless him, um, <laughs> it's it's not great, is it? It's, it's not,
0: not but he did make a difference against Wolves. I mean, they were chalk and cheese yeah. when he came on because prior to that, that was—I I could say—that first half against Wolves was one of the most disgraceful Premier League performances <laughs> I've seen from any team. I mean, they didn't have a midfield; that they just genuinely, literally, didn't have a midfield. Uh, there was no one inhabiting that space whatsoever. There was no fight. I mean, they were shocking. Um, again, when Delft came on, they were much improved. We um, did what Delft does, just kind of linked play. Um, against Spurs, they put up a real good fight just prior to the break. And yet, the fans are expecting an absolute beast in this, this weekend. So, Harry, where would you fall on that? Do you, do you think they're kind of... Of course, it's not going to be easy against Everton. It never is. But are you anticipating it to be attack v defence?
2: Yeah, I've watched Everton twice in full so far this season. Uh, the 1-1 draw at Old Trafford and the 5-2 loss at Watford and the difference between the two, yeah. like you've like you've already said, was was Decore, I think. His sort of running power from midfield uh, caused United's defence nightmares and not only did he create the goal, he created plenty more chances that with a Calvert-Lewin in the side that they would have scored. And comparing that with the Watford one, I mean, oh my, they were so sloppy in possession and virtually all of Watford's goals come from Everton's midfield mistakes and they've had a good they had a good start to the season I thought but you just knew that it was going to turn toxic at some point with Benitez and it kind of feels like that is a few defeats away from from happening um how they'll set up against City I don't know um it could possibly just be sort of backs against the wall whether they're good enough to to hold off City is a is a different question it probably depends on how we play more than how we yeah. defend yeah um i think with our home games i always feel it depends on how well we start if we click out the blocks and end up with a sort of early goal it normally ends up with a comfortable win but if we allow ourselves a sort of sloppy 25 minutes the crowd starts to get on the team's back and it all starts to snowball a bit um so i in terms of in terms of. How they'll set up, yeah, I, I think they will end up just uh, putting 10 men behind the ball. So the onus will be on us to sort of break that down.
0: Well, I'm I'm petrified now after what Adam said about uh, Rondon. I, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> of, course, of course he's going to bloody score <laughs> against us. Uh, Richarlison, though, has, has been poor recently. I don't want to tempt fate there because he is a very good player on his day. Unplayable at times. Score predictions, lads. Um, Adam, what? what you, how do you think it'll end up?
1: 2-0 uh, yeah. City.
0: Oh, I'm going 2-0 too. Harry,
2: um, the last couple of times I've been on the pod, it's been Southampton and Palace, and you know all that. Turned <laughs> out, and I've been really, really positive with my scorelines. I think these next two are massively important. Say Everton and West Ham at home, we can take six points from them. With the schedule we've got coming up, I reckon we'll be in a really good position. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go a bit tighter just so that I don't uh, seem as confident as I have been because I seem to be tempting fate. I'll go two one sitter. Okay, fair enough. That I means Everton must Rondo. Yeah, well
0: yes. Yes. <laughs> <Sorry about that. laughs> um one of the possible goal scorers of course this weekend could be Gabby Jesus. Um a player we've touched on this season, um, for his kind of his performances on the right and, and what, what he's brought to the party. Um I just love the lad and so I just thought it'd be nice to just basically recognise his importance to the squad and what he's done since arriving in Manchester. Um Adam, are you a fan?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, he's a strange one, I think, Jesus. He's been in a really unfortunate position of having to follow probably our greatest ever striker. Um, it's not an easy place to be, but his record speaks for itself. He, What I like about him, he he really, really, really wants to do well. Um, doesn't really matter where he's playing, but you can see if he misses a chance, he. He's distraught, which probably isn't the greatest thing for yeah. a striker. But at the same time, I, I do enjoy the fact that he he really is trying. Um, him going out onto the wing, I think, has just given him a, a new lease of life. And it seems to have taken the pressure off him. He doesn't seem to have the burden of, right, you're the number nine, go and score goals. Instead, he can be a bit more creative. And he's what he's brought back is he's brought a bit of his flair back, which I think was lacking. Um, we know how good his runs have been. His finishing is sometimes a bit hit and miss, but I think he's got a bit of flair back and he's he's got a bit of personality back, and that's pretty much all you can ask for. And the fact that Pep is picking him over Sterling, he's picking him over Mares, it probably says a lot about what he's bringing to the team and not just individually. Um, I really like him. I, I like his attitude. I like, I like the way he plays. I like the way that he brings other players into the game. He's not a very selfish striker, which again is probably not a great thing. But yeah, I just, I really want him to just get a run and just keep in that team. But we know that that's not the way that it works at City. So yeah, I, I really like him. I've, I quite fancy him this weekend.
0: Yeah, I do. Funny enough against Everton. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just,
1: yeah. he's, he's the one that springs to mind when I think he's, he's got a
2: good record, I think, he? Against Everton. I think mm. so, yeah. Well,
1: and overall, look at cheekbones. So. <laughs> I mean, Jesus.
0: Yeah, they are bizarre. They truly are bizarre. They're, they're truly impressive. Um, well, overall, he's scored fifty-two goals in one hundred and forty-one Premier League games, which ain't bad at all. That huh? better than one in three. Um, considering he kind of shifted out wide a lot as well. Um, Harry, kind of looking at his time at City as a whole. Mm. Um, would you kind of what would you mark out of ten, for example? Oh. That's a tough one. Um, I went all Jeremy Paxman there, didn't I? <laughs> oh God, I don't know.
2: Um, six and a half? Is that allowed? Am I allowed to go half? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go seven. Yeah, yeah. closest to seven, maybe. Yeah, he's he scored some big goals. He's a bit of a big yeah. game player, isn't he? In some game, I mean, he scored in the Burner He scored that hundred point goal. He, he has scored some. He scored Chelsea this season. He has scored some big goals for us. Um, yeah, I think everything that Adam said sort of sums sums Jesus up um he said previously he used to proper kill himself when he missed a dead easy chance and he said it's probably not what you want from a striker so i think i think the main point is what adam said that the flair is back the sort of brazilian flair on that right hand side um as a uh, has made him play much much better than he has been um and i just i love a bit of an underdog story with him mm. you know coming in for for aguero and coming in under him and you know you you said that his stats there I don't know if you have to hand how many of them appearances have been off the bench because, exactly uh, um, a lot will plus, be yes yeah, uh, a lot of them will have been off the bench so yeah. his impact is sort of mitigated by that as well um, he's very similar to Raheem Sterling and he? he's a, a confidence player when he's on it he looks fantastic when he's not on it he can be quite anonymous um, so just, I always think just get him in the game as much as possible he's, he's always wanting the ball um, and the games when he's most frustrating is when he gets one or two touches if you can get him on the ball more often than not he's going to beat his man um, and him and him and I think Bernardo's moved over onto that side, and him and Bernardo have linked up quite well um, in, in recent weeks. So yeah, I, I I'm exactly the same as Adam. I'd love to see him get an extended run in the in the side uh, now for this next couple of months. Uh, I think he's earned it, and he's shown that on that side now he's he's popped up with with some some big goals for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you both summed them up perfectly, and particularly about his flair and that returning because when he plays up front at times you just do a little step over or a little kind of jink here and there and you think you've got that in, in spades yeah. you know kind of bring it out more but clearly Pep doesn't want to see that in, in, in a false nine or an out and out centre forward so he's kind of almost prohibited from doing so now he, he's, he's got the freedom to do so and, and to express himself and it's it's really delightful to see, frankly, uh, and I've also got a lot of time for any young lad to, to try, go to the other side of the world. Yeah, um, you know, I know he brought his family, which will be a big help. But even so, you know, to kind of come over, have so much hype and expectation put on his shoulders, um, and you know, bear in mind as well how well he started for City. He was, you know, the next coming, wasn't he? He was the new Aguero because he, he was scoring goals left, right, and centre at first. And um, he kept Sergio on the bench, didn't he, for at least a few games. So. Um, yeah, to overcome all that, I think he's just been exceptional. Yeah, Um, superb. Yeah. Okay, let's move away from City now and just very quickly touch on Liverpool, the Arsenal. Um, We know what to expect from uh, from Liverpool, sorry, particularly Anfield. Um, The fixture itself is quite kind of pertinent as regards to Liverpool just blast fours and fives past Arsenal on a regular basis in this game. Adam, can you see that happening this time? Um, How... How real, for want of a better word, is Arsenal's recovery, do you think?
1: I think Arsenal have been really impressive the last Mm. few weeks. Um, And I I think that is testament to the fact that they've allowed Arteta a bit more time. uh, Because at at one point, and, and not even at one point, probably three or four points, it was looking like it was going completely the wrong way. Yeah. But... I've been impressed by the way that they're setting up now. I think he's been smart in how he's set up the back line in particular. Tommy Asu at right back has been really good. Yes. Uh, Came in as like a a right back centre back hybrid. He's been really good with Saka in front of him. If he's not playing on the other side, White has finally, finally seems to be uh, what we would have expected, but that a lot of it's to do with Ramsdale. And there's been a lot of eating of words about Ramsdale and I'll probably be one of them thinking, how on earth does this man keep getting £30 million transfers? But he's just brought a bit of calm. Like even Gabriel, who we've, at City, we've seen the worst of him when we've we've played him and put him on his backside every single game. There just seems to be a bit more calm about them. The midfield looks a little bit more solid. Saka and Smith-Rowe are fantastic. And... It's just a younger team and he, he's even got Pepe playing alright when he's playing. I think the main concern for Arsenal is the two strikers. Aubameyang looks well off it. He looks really unreliable. Uh, missing really silly chances. And Lacazette, I think he's very hot and cold as well. But he's, he's building a pretty good team. He, he really is and it's, it's not the flashiest team either but they've got enough of what Arsenal fans would expect from them in Saka and smith Row. I think smith Row's going to be, become a, an outrageously good footballer. Um, yeah, quite impressive. I think with Liverpool, I'm not sure. I, I'm really not sure how to look at this game because I thought that Liverpool were going to be able to blitz West Ham away because I thought the game would run how it did, but they just weren't able to do it. So, not sure. I really would like Arsenal to do something, though, this weekend.
0: I would. I, I think. Yeah, you but know, the ultimate cliche in football is a game is won and lost in midfield, and I, and I think really this is the case here because Arsenal's midfield right now is looking a lot better, and um, whereas Liverpool's midfield are struggling this season, um, and they're not protecting the back four, they're missing one album greatly. Mm. Henderson could well be out, um, so I think this could be a good chance for Arsenal to get something. Um, what have you made of Arsenal this season, Harry? Um. I- I don't want to be sort of down on it, but I'm a bit hesitant to judge them
2: until they hit these, mm-hmm. these fixtures that they're because yeah. I think I've done this before where I've sort of thought Arteta's turned a corner and then he has a few results where it just thinks, oh, well, it's not going to happen. Is it, um, uh, to their credit, they have managed to turn it around a bit. Um, you know, there has been some fixtures where they have been tested and they have come through. Um, you know, it looks pretty much dead and buried against, uh, against palace and they rescued it in the last minute. So, um, but again, I don't think they've been tested. Um, and, you know, despite losing to West Ham the other week, Liverpool will be the ultimate test, especially. Is it Anfield, is it Anfield as well? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, on, on how far they've progressed. Um, and if Arteta has really turned the corner with his side, he's, he did say in that in that beginning of the season that he was missing quite a lot of players and a lot of the players that he wanted to bring in and mould into his side, which was true. They've come back and they have started performing well. He's managed to get something out of Abamyang and Lacazette who looked like they were...
0: On yeah. the yeah. summer,
2: yeah. So he has done really well uh, up until now uh, to turn it around from where it was. I would like to. I'm going to have a keen eye on him in the in this run. If they can if they can pick up some really good points in this run, then it's probably proof that Arteta really has turned a corner with the squad and he's got the players that he wanted. And I hope he does do because there is a good manager in there. Uh, it's just if I used to think that he might have took this job a bit too early, uh, but. Look, let's see. Let's wait and see. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Liverpool bounce back from that that West Ham game. They know that they're going to lose Salah and, and Mane quite soon, and that's going to be massive for them. Yeah. So they'll want they won't want to drop any p- major points up until that period of time when they're going to be losing them. Um, so yeah, it should be should be an interesting watch.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and a, like a nice kind of kickoff time as well, half five on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'm bang up for this one, and come on, you Gunners! Right, that's that kind of concludes it. We're back, in... it feels nice to be to be back actually after the international break, and it's nice that there isn't one for a while now. Oh um, yeah, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, I'm, not, um, I'm just not looking forward to the game on Sunday. and no, that sounds really weird. I know that is a weird thing to say cause what what
0: looking. aspects aren't uh, not looking it's forward Everton. to? Just mm. Everton.
1: I don't know. There's just it's. I don't know. It's just not a game that I often look forward to, and it's two o'clock on a Sunday, which is the yes, tough time. It like, is imaginable. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I just I just hope it's not like the Southampton and Palace games.
0: Yeah. I really do. I, I can't see it. I mean, I, I don't want to jinx it. In fact, I didn't say this earlier, but if you're not looking forward to it, I'm just saying this, you know, kind of to, to help out, basically. Everton is shite, mate. <laughs> they are absolutely shite at the that, moment.
1: That is getting clipped. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so was Southampton before they played us, to fair. Yeah, clear.
0: yeah. But I I, I can't see Everton really causing us a great deal of problems. I just can't. But I go back to what Harry said earlier. We've got to start well. If we start well than I fancy them big
2: time. It's never it's never, it's never, never there. I mean, a bit unfair on Palace, actually, to be fair, but it's always us that cost us. Yes. It's not, never the yeah. opposition, so it's just entirely on us. If we play our game, like we do away, I mean, it's staggering, the away form compared to the home form at the moment, especially considering the teams we've played away con- compared to at home. Even in the games, like when we beat Burnley, we were shocking. And it's just good that Burnley were equally shocking that we managed to get through that. <laughs> um so yeah it's ultimately on us and if we can play like we have been playing away from home then we will beat them but if we're giving them stupid goals like we give away in that
0: first goal and getting stu- sent off stupidly then then we will struggle yeah I mean funny I should say that actually because I would probably prefer this if this was at Goodison because Everton's yeah. away record is really good um, it yeah. is really good um, consistently now for the last 18 months or so um, and we are struggling at home at times so Oh god, you got me at it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd just thought I'd sow that seed. Don't
0: worry about <laughs> well, with that seed sown, thank you very much for joining us today, Adam.
1: Cheers, See you in a bit.
0: Cheers, Harry. Pleasure as always, mate. And thanks everyone for listening in. After wrap for today, folks, we're off to get into a merciless mood for the visit of the Toffees by watching old videos of Tit and Cahill punching our fucking corner flags. <laughs>
1: In, In the
0: meantime, take care of yourselves, be well, and forever up the Magnificent Blues.